And welcome everybody. It's Wednesday. Who knows? It's December first. December first. Really? Ooh, Christmas. Twenty-five days till Christmas. That's right. Get out your advent calendars. Pop open those chocolates. It's twenty-five days till Christmas. Good morning, Raisin Nation. Chris Cuomo has been suspended from CNN. <laughs> <laughs> you're like the, you're like the NPR, the news ticker. Yeah, we gotta get. You missed this last week. We're gonna do this new thing where we just get right into it. We go straight for the, 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 um, the jugular. The jugular. Sarah yeah. thinks we bullshit too much up top. Whoa. We're always like, oh, you know, well, doing a podcast, starting a podcast with your friends can be kind of crazy, and there's all this stuff, and like, do all this intro that I think, like, all right, gotta, you know, we got to get right into that. We got to get right into Well, Chris Yahoo Cuomo. Entertainment, Dennis Villeneuve <laughs> met Star Wars team to prevent desert filming crossover. Let's protect us both, he said. <laughs> he read that in such a difficult to understand way. What, do you understand what you said? Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, well, Sam I is the dyslexic. Voice. Yeah. <laughs> um, did did he not want the filming crews to film at the same time and bump into each other, or did he not want the deserts to look too similar in both movies? Wow. Yes to both. <laughs> It's yes. I don't. It's a yes, I to both this yes. <laughs> I, this is. Uh, I haven't read the article yet, but I can. I can. Based on past articles I've read, I can say confidently that's a yes to both. Let me ask you this: You know how there's set dressers? You go on a set. There's mm-hmm. somebody who's in charge of like, you know. Oh, there's got to be a paper here. There's got to be a little book here to represent this or that in the movie, right? To like make the set look nice. Yeah. Do you think there's um, a desert dresser? Show up in the sand. You show up to the dunes, and they're kind of fluffing the dunes a little bit. Mm. There needs to be a little hill well, here. I think they have to get rid of the tracks, certainly, from people walking around. Ah. You think they have someone with a big broom, like f- sweeping off the tracks? Could be. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'd. Well, my brother, <laughs> when he was in college, he used to throw beach parties in the basement, the lacrosse team would, and they'd have what? to buy a bunch of sand and fill the basement with sand. <sighs> so I know from secondhand experience that people do think about how much sand is in a place. So it's not so not so much a stretch for my imagination that they'd have someone do that for the Dune for movie. Totally. So important. But, yeah. Oh, that sucks. Because so then important. you get, you track sand into your bed. You track sand all over your house. Yeah, D- Dennis Villeneuve was like, no one tracked this into the bed <laughs> <Yeah>. room, okay? <laughs> you know when they were getting on the vans to go back, everyone is like with their on their feet, just yes. slapping their they feet to get the sand off. They were doing that thing your mom off. does yes. with the baby powder. Yeah. 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 Have you heard about this? No. When you go to the beach... And you get your feet wet, and then they get um, they get breaded, you know, That's, like uh, oh, chicken they finger. They get fucking breaded. They get breaded. Yeah. So what you do is you put baby powder on your feet, and then all the sand comes off magically, and your feet are totally dry and perfect. While they're wet, you put the baby powder on. Yeah, like right, well, I mean, you dry them with with a towel, but they'll still have like little flecks and stuff. But then you put the baby powder on, and it's totally like it. Wow. Yeah. Is it cool to do that? It feels great. <laughs> and it is cool, yeah. Yeah, you get invited into a scene, Sarah, when you do that. That's cool. And I would do it. Um, I had this little joke recently about Dune, which was which was the Freeman, the Fremen in Dune are based off of Fremen. Italians. Fremen. Um, I don't know that joke. Is that the joke? Mm-hmm. I don't know that <laughs> joke. <laughs> Say it. I say it again. Okay. I think my grandpa would like this. <laughs> okay. All right. About Italian people. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it sort of more. You guys know the Fremen in Dune? Yeah. Apparently, 
there's a big controversy going on right now because when they created the movie, they tried to base them loosely off of Italians. Mm -hmm. So you added the controversy angle there too. Well, there is there is a controversy about that. But is it that they're based off of? It's like Islamophobic, yeah. Oh, I see. See, that's the thing. I haven't even seen the movie, so I would have believed you because <laughs> you thought I was like you thought I I was like yep yeah they are based on <laughs> <laughs> well you know i thought about game of thrones and um there's like a whole b bunch of people that are like mediterranean they're based on italians the right? white walkers no <laughs> <laughs> those guys are based on um scandinavians okay. uh, yeah. carly says the joke is mentioning italians that's right that's right and yeah. carly's offended yeah because she's italian that's what i'm saying that's why my grandpa would like it just going after a, a group of white people and yeah. acting like they're really that different mm -hmm. is that's his lane. Um, that's funny. Why Why do they seem like Italians? They're big spaghetti eaters. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> the, the Fremen are based off of like, it's clearly like mapped onto Islam. Islam oh, but I like thought you Middle were playing East. along with the joke. Uh, are you playing along with the joke? No. Chris Cuomo helped his brother with the sexual harassment. Wait, you guys keep doing this. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna fix the camera. He got suspended from CNN, and uh, people are saying that it's like, uh, like 9/11 for their moms. That someone tweeted that. Because <laughs> people think that Chris Cuomo's hot, and people liked Andrew Cuomo, and now they're both two towers, one down, the other down. So what gone, happened? Gone. Give Wait, me but, the facts. Give oh, you want to abandon the Dune thing? I really had no, no understanding. No, that, no, 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 that no, Dune thing is long, no, the, long past. The attention that we gave to all light everywhere, we have to give to this joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have to funny. ask me questions uh, about it. That's funny. That's reminds me. This is going to be another golden episode where me and Felipe have both seen a movie that. Oh my God! Yeah, we got we got a movie we to recap to you. Oh, We're going to describe no. an entire Strap movie. Strap in. <laughs> We're recapping another movie. <laughs> Hold on, um, I got to fix the camera more. Okay, Felipe's going to fix the cameras. Oh. Uh, he consulted, I don't know the details of it, I've only read the headlines and the second decks, that when uh, Cuomo got accused of sexual harassment and assault-related stuff, uh, his brother like gave him advice on how to, I guess, kind of like shield himself from the media and like the, the associated blowback. Well, his brothers would, you know? Yes, his brothers would, but as a journalist, he's not allowed to do that, so he's out. Mm. Well, it seems kind of, you know, you are... You can take your journalist hat off when you get home and put your brother hat on, but I mean, you can't. Can, can, I bet it seems like I guess you can't. You can't. Can. No, I mean, it's. You I mean you have a you have a conflict of interest because you're a journalist, but also your brother is, you know, a really big important guy. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that that was a rule. That you all, yeah, once a journalist, always a journalist. If I'm a doctor, and Sarah has a headache. Sarah has a headache. And I go home, and I put my friend hat on. And, but Sarah says, "Sam, can you wait? Help? Can Sarah be your sister in this example?" Sure, Sarah's my sister. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, and she has a headache, and I go, uh, and I can go. Yeah, let me help you out with the headache. Um, help. Help me out here. I so would want you fired. You'd want, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would want right. you fired. So, so in the don't help in him. the Chris don't Cuomo universe, I'd be fired. I'd be fired for that, big time. Um, 
I'm trying to give it now a free on the dole. For some reason, that doesn't seem like the right analogy. No, I don't think it's something seems more bad about what Cuomo did. (laughs) Yeah. What if you were um, a chef and you cooked your brother a beautiful meal? Mm. That doesn't seem so bad either. No, I guess it's like it's a sort of like insider trading, but like helping instead of giving someone a stock tip. Well, I think is like the like media world right cuomo has like comes on cnn to talk and his brother like interviews him and stuff on there so he can't um be giving him tips on how to get around well okay the truth let me let me say okay two different situations right hey brother this is what you should do don't ever say i sexually harass someone that's not gonna look good don't say it you know skirt around the truth but when you get on my channel I'm going to go in on you. That doesn't seem right either. I'm trying to think where does, where do you draw the line? Cause it's like, you want to give advice did to the, your homie. Did the article elucidate any of this, Sarah? The gray area? I, didn't, I only had to cheat it up just for the making the announcement at the beginning. Fuck. I wasn't ready for the discussion. And that's why I'm being so hesitant to speak because I feel like even though we're not journalists, we are disseminating media and I don't want us to say things that, are non-factual. It's yeah. true. This is all alleged. <laughs> Folks, we lift up the hood on this one and there was a massive gray area. So now we're closing the hood again. Yep. A moral gray area. Who's to say what should have happened? I don't know. Good morning, Raisin Nation. Me and Felipe saw a movie on Saturday. That's right. Well, we'll get to later in the hour. Check it out. Laura's saying fr- Freeman, Fremen, are actually based on the Cuomos. And then she uh, corrected it to say Fremen because she said fireman at first. Laura, what are you talking about fireman? <laughs> <We're> f- <laughs> what the? <laughs> Bro, Laura said fireman. I like that. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a riff on the Italian thing. Yeah. We're firing on all cylinders today. Absolutely. What was the movie you guys watched? It's called You Can't Kill Meme. That was the song in the beginning. It was had a really good soundtrack. Yeah, it was. It was a documentary. It was a documentary about meme magic, and meme magic is like people who believe that memes, like not only just as like a sociological, cultural object, have some kind of effect, but that like memes are actually magical. No, no. no, Why is he leaving? Sam's walking away. He got bored. Come back. Come back. And I've seen the movie, so you don't so have to I explain it to me. I can explain it to him. Oh, my he God. He already knows. Why would I explain him stuff he already knows? Um, and so they get into maybe, all this maybe chaos. We could, maybe we can get him back if we tell him his joke about the Italians was oh, funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, those Fremen are based on Italians. It's <laughs> yeah. so funny. Italian <laughs> Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know what. Look at all these packets of tea that I had in my pocket. <laughs> Dude. Dude, get a fucking grip. I know. Okay, wait, sorry. Yeah. Go on, go on, go on. Uh, so. Meme magic. Meme magic. The, the memes are actually a magical force, like a chaos magic force. They use this acronym I never heard before, TSW, this shit works. And they use memes to like make Hillary Clinton pass out in public or like make Trump win the presidency. Or they tried to make the winter, I guess two winters ago, be like the craziest winter ever. That time it didn't work, but it doesn't work every time. Because there's also uh, magicians on the left, you know, witches who are hexing things <laughs> that they have to battle it out. So it's not as simple as they don't just decide. So the memes can manifest things in in real life. Yes, these people believe. Yes. Or yes. Well, after the uh, it was like after the Trump election, 
a lot of people on these message boards like 4chan, they attributed or, or they believed that their memes had had an effect on like yeah. on social reality. And then some people use the language of magic to describe what had happened. And then mm-hmm. the documentary traces actual people who do magic sort of in the sense that we would recognize like with runes and lighting candles mm-hmm. and stuff. Yes. Oh, and she bases it on this book that was written by a guy in 2004 called magic me magic yeah where he where he draws this connection between and and the idea is like memes are not you know they draw these connections between like memes and tarot cards and memes and sigils the idea that like an image is imbued with like some mystical power and connects it to the election sort of tries to draw this connection between all this stuff yeah and then um the way the filmmaker did it was she was kind of just like following intuitively through associations different storylines that she wanted to cover and she like moved to las vegas for sort of uh, strange seemingly personal reasons about wanting to just like be somewhere else away from home to work on the film but las vegas is also like a center for spirituality in america and then she was just following also people who are spiritual um there and like yeah i don't it was kind of a strange film but it was good it was a good internet movie which you don't movies with the internet are usually awful yeah i it was the best i think out of all the movies that were made i guess we've only others the only other one we've seen is that that face with no girlfriend yeah but this one was a lot better at depicting the feeling and vibe of being on the computer or of like what memes feel like i've seen a lot of documentaries that about like people who are really into playing video games or computer games and those are also usually bad like they just can't avoid being over someone's shoulder filming them playing a game and totally flattening the whole experience so that anyone watching who's like not of that world would just be like why would anybody do this yes yeah but this movie i think pierced that problem by it was like really like audiovisual like had all this interesting music and like yeah a lot of layering of images and it was a little impressionistic yeah it was cool so so the so the meme memes are magic it's it's sort of both a kind of academic sort of metaphor where we're like okay what if the power that memes have on the internet we could think of it as a kind of magic if we understand magic this way and then there's a second meaning which is like no memes literally can like there's a section says cohort of people who are like totally. memes can literally totally. do magic totally. well that you paint your face yeah yeah <laughs> <Sorry>, magic <laughs> that boundary is um <coughs> blurred by specifically by like by the practitioners by the people who post memes i mean as a at, at first they joke about meme magic but then yes like literal yeah this shit works and then also like as some of the sort of more serious kind of meme posters will like literally like draw runes and like you know, connect like use sort of older shamanic or magical practices. Mm. I think for a lot of them, they use it as a funny word, but I think there is some after what's interesting is after Trump wins, I think it it becomes like a kind of vindication of this idea that memes can like have an effect on reality. And, uh, you know, obviously what? Yeah. And there's like all of this that I think is important about Keck, which I guess I didn't know. I didn't know what Keck was. I think I've seen the word on the internet before. You know what? Did you know what that was before we saw yeah. the documentary? It's like the name of a, an Egyptian like god of chaos. And it's been kind of like appropriated into like Pepe culture where it's like a, you see it as like a hieroglyphic style Pepe. And it, it when people say Keck, it's about like inciting the dark chaos like of the world, which like exists on the internet and which they are, which is, I guess, like a natural component of the universe and is being 
sort of shepherded in by these like meme lord people. So that's part of their spirituality. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Can the, is there a meme that can um, make a coin appear behind a, a little girl's <laughs> ear? <laughs> yeah, there's one meme that if you do it, you can pull a bunch of ribbons out of a hat and they keep coming out and they're all like stuck together. Yeah. What's interesting is even as we were just describing this, I was going to try to just make some point about like they paint this picture of the world as like, oh, everyone's on some like woo shit now. Like the world's like, kind of going crazy. And they, you know, they portray even these people who are like not in the meme universe at all, but who are just like have all these kind of uh, conspiratorial ideas that relate to politics, but are that it tied into their like sense that there's multiple dimensions and unifying theories and like um, light magic practices and I guess we were just like having this conversation afterwards about whether or not like people are more into weird spirituality stuff right now than ever. And I was just thinking it's funny that like, I'm, I'll, maybe I'll speak for myself, but I feel like the human mind, we always want to be like, yes. And this era is more spiritual than ever when it's like, oh, it's not a polemic. Just this is happening. I don't know. Who knows what yeah. it was like 20 years ago, 50 years ago. And well, you work in the spirituality business. Well, that it was, seems to me, exactly. It seems yeah. to me like everything is like spirituality these days. And some of the people I've been hanging out with are like on some tips about this kind of stuff. And so in my life, it's like this explosion of like everyone's always talking about karmic bodies and, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, energy being reincarnated and all this stuff. And it's led me to believe that everyone's on this, but I don't think it's the case. Well, what I think was interesting, and I, and I remember seeing a lot about this uh, in 2016, you know, when Trump was elected. But I guess there's this connection that I hadn't seen that was sort of drawn out for me, actually, by some article I read somewhere. But it was basically about the connection between occultism and fascism and, and that, like, mm. historically... I don't know. I guess it was it was talking about like how German Nazis were really interested in the occult and in magic, which I guess and in memes and in memes. <laughs> even back then, they knew something could be done. Uh, well, the, where I was going is that like we think of woo stuff as like a kind of yeah. you know soft. lefty it's soft left. thing, but actually yeah. that like that like mysticism and and fascism are are um, kind of ideologically connected because they. Um, both feed from the idea that like there are forces that sort of are imminent that come from the inside that we can't understand um, and sort of the answer to that is like if you're a materialist and you're like no history is caused by like the struggle between classes this and that it's no it's not magic people don't have like an essence you know and or for right. instance even the idea that essence is connected to racism like certain races have an essence like a thing that transcends their social position it's like not created by society it comes from inside of them and so that's what that this documentary reminded me of it's like these things are connected and what frustrated me about the documentary it was making him mad it was making me mad because yeah. i was like after <laughs> trump <laughs> i was great we were yeah. eating dumplings afterwards yeah. and Felipe was like furious i, was on, so I had a this. green tea so i was yeah. really hopped up <laughs> <laughs> What was frustrating me was that after Trump, there was all this, there was all this concern about memes and the power of the online alt-right. And I think I remember at the time that there was kind of a reaction to that from people that, you know, sort of leftists or materialists that were like, we are overstating the power of the internet. Like Trump was elected for these material reasons, like if we live on the internet, we think the memes caused this, but actually there's like material reasons and, and the left had a better explanation for what those things were and what, and prescriptions for them. Um, at least I found those prescriptions more interesting and like closer to the reality. And yeah. so it frustrated me to watch this documentary, seeing a bunch of like these like 
shut-ins, you know, these people who live on the internet who are like, we caught... We caused, we changed the world. We're it's in like, control. It's yeah. like, you fucking idiot. You're not in control. Yeah. Magic, no less. Yeah. With magic. And it's like, you're not in control of anything. Because then Biden came around, worst candidate in history, a man who can't, whose brain is like t- degraded. Allegedly. And destroyed Trump. It's like, what? where was your fucking magic then? Where was your magic then? So that's what was frustrating to me. I mean, I think that it was interesting to see that ideology born, it p- like played out, depicted, but it was a f- it, it woke up a frustration that I had at the time or like a, a sort of other voice that I needed. I see it. Totally. I see the He's beast getting, awakening you. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of one of our funny tweets of the week. Let me get it. Yeah, please. <clears throat> yeah. And when we say material... For material reasons, we mean like wood and cement, yeah. mm-hmm. things Metal. like that. Yeah. <laughs> those, that's those are the material reasons that yeah. Trump mm-hmm. was elected. So <laughs> this reminds yeah, me of, of knocking out, yeah, no, knocking out little jokes. Yeah, like, not perfect. <laughs> Please. Then that's one for Sam. And no. you, as a listener, you just need to imagine the rest of that joke, like what it would be like if that's what we meant. If it was material, <laughs> imagine a world where cement and wood Cloth. were getting Trump elected. Yeah. Let me, can I go down it for one second? Sure, sure, yeah, sure. yeah, do whatever. You I'm got gonna... a guy and he's standing in front of a pile of wood <clears throat> and he's like, there's, there was going to be, you know, 50, there's going to be 52 by fours, but there's 25. There's less than I, ah, I'm going to vote for Trump. Yes. That's, that's exactly, that's a perfect scenario you could imagine another one is where literally a a block of cement walks into the voting mm. booth and pulls the lever for trump himself that's another scenario i like that direction way more <clears throat> what if you go into the voting booth the ballot is a big cement <coughs> thing yeah right if it, it's if it's all material if the leftists are right and, and it's it's only it's always material reasons then really everything's made of cement and wood and stuff. <laughs> exactly. even the ballot box yeah that would be because you couldn't even lift up you couldn't even lift up the ballot if that was the case it's like, true this ballot's too heavy real quick before you do the tweet of the week sarah i wanted to say that my um i had a history professor in college who had a book about corporate mysticism <sighs> and it was about how like yeah the executives of like Boeing in the 1940s, they would like meet in their garage and like do do seances and stuff. Whoa! Uh, yeah, so it's not just the fat. Well, it's the capitalists as well. The Western, you know, the yeah. American style fascists. Yeah. What was sad in the documentary was they were showing the leftist um, witches that were supposed to be out here, you know, having oh. our backs. Right yeah. during BLM, yeah. a lot of TikTok witches casting hexes. We're supposed to be and hexing and doing defensive protection spells, and um, the, the movie portrayed them as basically like getting easily distracted by other random things, like um, <laughs> hexing the moon and like and picking right. up new silly projects and like not staying <laughs> focused. And they were like, "Yeah, the left can't measure up to the." magic that the right is putting out because they're just a little like Ooh. the hexing the moon is like the cleaving event of yeah. like why why, <laughs> why BLM <the> ended <laughs> and why we did <laughs> not why the protests and like why we didn't defund the police yeah if they hadn't so, hexed so the moon the, the, BLM the documentary kind of picks up and believes in the philosophies it sort of is covering or was it was that kind of like a joke idea um it, can I? I can't hold it like here. Well, when you when you hold it here, it gets really bassy. But if you hold it here, I get a nice clean. Bass. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice I gotta get you guys all headphones so you can. There's a little bit of tech, a little bit of tech for you guys. 
Um, does it believe it? It kind of just takes it at its word. Kind of takes it as its word and just like does a kind of wise, <laughs> omniscient VO where it's like just capturing what the ideas are and telling them to you. It's not really like... Got it. Yeah. Well, there's there's a few moments where she catches the practitioners of this magic saying pretty wild shit yeah. and edits it in a way that you're supposed to kind of laugh at them at like a key moment. Like the movie shows you these people and, and sort of it's like, okay, this, these are interesting ideas. And then kind of like at the sort of two thirds mark shows you these people kind of being really incoherent and kind of crazy. And I thought, oh, I think this person's trying to like insert a little bit of a little bit of satire or humor or undermine mm. the characters a little bit. Didn't you yes, think that? Yes, that's totally true. She gets this woman talking about how Obama like went to Mars and travels in time. And, and then like the music kind of stops as she's saying this. And then there's like a moment of silence. And I was like, oh, I think the filmmaker's trying to insert yeah. kind of the counterpoint here. Yeah, but it's funny because then on the other hand, I do, I get this sort of suspicion of people who make uh, these documentaries, which maybe this isn't an apt observation because I don't know that much about either filmmaker, but like TFW No GF was made by a white woman. Yes. And then this was also white made woman. by a white woman. And I feel like there's almost this energy of like, oh, people don't understand these like crazy people on the right. And like, I may not agree with them, but like you really need to like understand them. And then sort of like coming to like empathize or even sympathize with like that side and getting a little lost in... Uh, I think being desiring to challenge the kind of status quo of like, fuck these people, we have nothing to learn from them. But then they, maybe they go a little too far down that road or something. Can I say one sort of final kind of serious non-joke reflection I had on this? Yes. Uh, yeah, but I have one too, so. Okay, well then it won't be the final word, but I, yeah. I do have one other thing before we move on. Basically what it made me think about was that like we've had conversations in a friend group about magic and ghosts and stuff and i've always been the sort of like anti I, they don't exist they simply yeah. don't exist mm -hmm. um, and it's not simply a disagreement it's something that is, i feel really strongly about i'm like yeah. why do we believe in ghosts but this is what people i feel strongly about felipe needing to believe in ghosts do they do I, think people, I get that sense that people think that if you believed in ghosts that it would like open you up easier to work with that's funny but he refuses well what, I, what what it made me think about was that like Magic, I, I do believe in magic in a sense. Like to me, magic is the is is the capacity for human beings to make connections between things. To say like I did this ritual and then this thing happened, um, or like there are signs in the world, right? Like this happened here and it's connected to this other thing. A butterfly came after my grandma died and followed right. me. Exactly, yeah. and so magic is That's like my grandma. <laughs> She's a butterfly. <laughs> exactly, and so magic is like the what, what the magic really is isn't the objective fact of the butterfly arriving after your grandma died. It's the human capacity to feel inspired or to feel that connection. Like mm. that to me is magic, and so. It doesn't literally like I don't need I don't literally need for there to ex for ghosts to exist in order to have an experience with a ghost. Like the magic is my sense that I'm commuting with another world, but that exists in my mind as a human being. It doesn't exist out in the world. It's not an objective fact, and and the objectivity of the fact doesn't matter. And so, in a sense, I was like, I disagree with this meme magic thing on a kind of like analytical from an analytical standpoint, but. But I also can understand that it's a way of describing the feeling that we can't control the world. And, I've, and I have felt, even as a person who like, you know, is on the left or whatever, that like, I sometimes feel like we can't control the world. Like the world, we're like kind of on, you know, the waves of history sort of ride us and we like, or we ride the waves of history, we can't control it. it some, and I was like, well, isn't that, so is that, 
so different from magic, right? Like they're, they're just both ways of describing like, I don't know how to have an effect on the world. And that was kind of what the documentary was about is like, how do we affect reality? Mm. It really feels like we can't, right? It really feels like our vote doesn't matter or whatever. And then this is a description of a, or these people have found a description of how they believe reality is affected. And is it so different than the one I have, which is also sometimes kind of, you know, it's hard to quantify or it's like, I don't know how you affect reality. Yeah. But there is a way to affect reality. We know, and it's buying organic. Yes, (laughs) and also what about what about uh, purse people who say that like ghost came and took an egg out of their ovary and they have the scar to prove it? I've never heard of that. What is that? (laughs) Yeah, what about people who say that? (laughs) How does that? How does your theory explain that? That's not just that they just are making interesting connections. I mean. you're riding the waves of history. <laughs> you don't. You shouldn't actually believe that, okay? But it's hard to make an effect on the world, okay? So you're riding the waves of history. Yeah. And my roommate told me about that. Um, I that's a joke that I I was telling my roommates that you don't really believe in magic or that you have this idea of magic that it's these connections. And then <clears> my roommates Sasha and Peter were like, "Well, what about when a ghost comes and takes an egg out of a woman's ovary?" Checkmate. I got. I got yeah. Bitch. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to explain yeah. that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, so you, the material analysis of the left has nothing to say about yeah. that. There are more things on heaven and earth than are dreamed of in your philosophy. Mm. That's Shakespeare. Um, so the egg. The yeah, ghost, so. What does the ghost want with the egg? <laughs> it's not for us to know, man. <laughs> um. I guess you're right. I think people who... I think whatever gets you into a kind of playful one, like having wonder for the world state that makes you kind and curious and open to the things that are happening around you, I think is like an okay philosophy. And I think people who believe in it, there are many people who believe in magic who achieve that kind of um, state of mind. And I think that's, that's a good but then we can but you're saying a similar thing to what I'm saying then which is like the yes. magic is in the person is in yes. the in the way that it makes you approach the world and the question of it being real now in the world is yes yeah it, yes i think that's nice i like it cuz it sort of explains away stuff i don't really feel like um engaging with i just get to be like oh well, isn't that sweet that you made those connections that's very magical for you <laughs> <laughs> you say you like magic for that reason or no you i like, like what you're saying for that reason now i don't have to like really listen when someone has seen an angel or say <laughs> 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 so that's that's good but you've had experiences with ghosts i've seen a ghost but i don't believe in them you know so as simple as that i think that's a perfectly fine contradiction to live with hmm. and if you did believe in them I hope you don't feel like judged by me if you believed in them. No. And even if I did feel judged by you, I'd say, oh, Felipe's out here judging, throwing <laughs> stones from his glass house. <laughs> He's not going to win. Yeah. Um, yeah. I felt sort of stressed out. I, I said this to you after you saw the movie. Um, so there's this book called uh, God in Search of Man. That's by uh, Abraham Joshua Heschel, which is like a Jewish mystical philosopher uh, from like the 1950s. And he has this idea that w- the human mind can't hold the whole world. Like you can never see everything. And especially like like if you're looking at objects, you can only see it, in your mind at a time you can hold like how the things are similar and then you can think about how they're different. But you can never at once like understand even the relationship between things. And uh, I read that and it kind of makes me upset because I'm like, oh, but I just... 
do want to understand the whole world. And then when we were watching this documentary, you know, it's made with this kind of associative, fragmentary filmmaking style where they're just like linking vignettes together and you need to kind of like draw out what the larger connections are and like have this greater understanding about like the functioning of the entire universe, like politically, socially, culturally, historically, what, what it all means. And as I'm watching it, I kind of like it because it's like, oh, but you can never really do that. So it's just sort of an artistic impulse like an impossible feat um but it also stresses me out or i'm like oh, why can't i just understand what this whole fucking means like the spirituality the keck stuff like history the elections like memes uh incels like what does it all add up to like i just can't hold it in my mind and like understand i mean and i guess it is explained by like material delect dialect delectables de- 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 <laughs> <laughs> what's the word um delicacies material delicacies yeah but so you're saying this documentary if you could understand it it's all the answers are there or you're saying no the documentary doesn't no the answers aren't there the answers aren't there the answers aren't they there. put it they just put a bunch of little pieces out from all around and they put like strings in between them and they're like okay now you populate this is the whole universe and you populate the rest of it that's um, what sam has once said the ideas look best in dim light mm. Mm-hmm. You said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't even know what it means. <laughs> wild, wild, wild. Um, yeah. Well, I really felt, I really felt that when I was in school, and I still kind of feel this way, but that the ant, the I had big questions about the world and the universe, and the and the places where I felt like those questions were being like adequately answered for me was in like the history department mm. and, and it was in the field of history but Sam loved civil war history and like battles and stuff <laughs> yeah yeah the war of northern aggression yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I but some people feel differently I think some people want the get those answers those questions answered in like philosophy class or or in a kind of spiritual practice or in studying biology or in making being little maps comedians. <laughs> or being comedians. Yeah. But yeah, do you feel like you had, do you feel like when you, you have big questions like that, Sarah, there's a place where you can, where go, I can to answer go for them? answers? No, no. No, you know, it's funny. I was looking up to buy a book about Catholic mysticism because I was just thinking about like, oh, people who have like faith traditions that they grew up in have like this meaningful thing that they're just allowed to kind of call on. They're allowed to be bored of it when they're 14. And then when they turn 24, they're allowed they to be like, back actually, up. this means everything to me. It's like learning the piano. Like yes. if you played it as a kid, you can play it later on. Suddenly but if you never when you appreciate it, music later, yeah. it's there for you. It's true. Um, and I don't have that with Catholicism because I find it to be like very didactic. It's really stringent and orthodox and like the answers just aren't there and never have been um but then i thought oh maybe there is i was listening to some spiritual teacher for work who's like way out there in outer space with her ideas and she loves being catholic she's like it's the perfect religion for a spiritual person to have been born into and i've never felt that way um so i was like well, maybe i'll read a book about this but then i was like no I'm, I'm going down a weird road i don't need to read a book about trying to find out why me being part of this like colonial uh, fucked up religion can like inform my daily life now like who gives a shit um i think uh, being an episcopalian <laughs> no. wasp is the perfect, <laughs> perfect origin story foundation yeah. for a spiritual life yeah i had a minute when i was really interested in jewish mysticism yeah it is interesting it is kind of cool well that's why i'm i'm talking about judaism mostly when i talk about like a, a cool religion you call on islam too where i don't know there's just like a deeper oh. um 
like world of secondary texts that are interesting. You know, the Bible is what it is. I know you. No, but you, there are secondary texts in Christianity. There's not in Catholicism secondary texts that are like canonical. There's not like a Talmud equivalent. Sure. Yeah. Any any kind of mysticism where you can raise a golem out of the mud is a dope one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's like that's like a video game kind of thing. Just raise a bunch of golems and then they can like do tasks tasks for you tasks yeah yeah hmm well well i I don't know i i i've maybe to return to a point that i'm harping on but i really did feel like historical materialism and a thing that was like practiced by marx in his analysis was an easy way for me to understand a lot of big questions that i had about like why why the world looks the way it does, why people do certain things, stuff like that. And it it it, it gave me a kind of like key to unlock a lot of mm-hmm. like thorny problems that I think questions like this this yeah, movie yeah, yeah. that you watched maybe opened doors but didn't like go into any of them. Yeah, you know, it's funny. This is reminding me of, uh, uh, I guess I, I can talk. I'll, I'll be vague. Um, I was at like a gathering recently of, of friends and um, <laughs> people were really, were really giving me unsolicited advice. And I talked about this on the podcast before. I hate that so much. It, I like, I'm just going to try to not get, I've been trying not to get as worked up about stuff after I, I was got really aggro after the podcast the other day, folks. And um, so <laughs> I'm trying to just sort of keep it in check just because I, I feel something strongly doesn't mean I have to emote it. I can just hold it. I mean, you were talking about going in. I think you should go in. I yeah. mean, you shouldn't. I mean, yeah. I, I, there's not that much to say about it. I think sometimes if I go off, I become less um, eloquent in what I'm saying. So it's mm. like, just be more measured. You and become the Hulk. Cold. Yeah. And you start smashing. <laughs> totally. <clears throat> but like, yeah, unsolicited advice. Sometimes I bring this up and I feel like people don't understand why it matters to not give that. But it's just so such a fundamental to me. I grew up reading advice columns. And one of the number one rules of advice columns is like, you are not the advice columnist. You're the person writing in. Or if your friend comes to you and asks this question, you can give them advice. But they all, someone always to ask you for advice what do you think or you cannot say and even if someone does ask you what do you think i would never give someone advice unless someone i I would give only my own reflections of my life and what i thought about something that happened to me that was similar but to tell somebody else i'm already like losing the track of what i I can already see you're frothing at the mouth i'm like (laughs) (laughs) i just hate it so much oh but this is what was bothering me about it oh look at this want to become famous first time chatter welcome antonio i'm blocking (laughs) Um. Oh yeah. So people were giving me this advice at this this party the other day, and they were the what was implying they were implying with their advice was that there are these kind of like rules about the ways that you should interact with people, which I guess maybe you guys believe in. You can tell me whether or not about um this line of thinking where it's like oh communication is key, and you always need to be upfront from the beginning about like what your expectations are from a relationship and what you're looking for, so that the other person can then verbally express what they're looking for, and this is the way you most ethically go about knowing and meeting other people. And I was just like shut the fuck up the world's fucking chaos like people fall in love and meet each other become friends by lies and deception and tricks and that's meaningful like there are no rules you can decide to follow a set of principles like this way of communicating conflict is not abuse like this whole liturgy around like how we relate to other people but i just i believed in that when i was like 16 years old now i don't give a shit about it i'm kind of just out here intuitively deciding what to do in any situation sometimes the answer is lying sometimes the answer is pretending to be someone that you're not like i i don't know 
I just, it was so irritating to me because I was being told this as if I had, it had never occurred to me that one should like be honest and open and communicative. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. It was making me so angry. And what was really making me mad was that it was pissing me off so much. But for me to respond and say how I felt would have been really rude. But I was like, but you're actually being rude and you don't know that you are. And so for me to get this to stop, I would have to be the transgressive one when like you're actually transgressing. And now I just have to sit here and take this shit. Like, you I'm so, like I don't fucking know anything. <laughs> you should have like spilled hot soup all over yourself so that you could like excuse yourself. Yeah, I really couldn't believe it. It was blowing my mind. I was being given dating advice and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, how dare you? Surf. How dare you? Sick. Even the, no, anyway, respond to that and then I'll say well, more. I li- yeah. I like the fire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if I did have to give you a piece of advice, it would be to be open <laughs> and honest with people when you do date them, Sarah. Mm. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't. I don't oh. see that as a joke, or if you're being serious. Oh, I'm. 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 I'm joking. Yeah, I'm kind of just doing uh. the, doing the thing that they were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to make Sarah mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what can you think of a a a friendship that was started off of lies and deceit. This goes out to anybody. <clears throat> I can think of friendships that have started by someone being mean to me and me trying to become the person that they wanted me to be so that we could be friends out of some kind of toxic dynamic. And now it's years later and we're older people and things are fine. Yeah. It's not the best friendship in my life. I can think of a couple I have that are like that, but it's fine. And that's part of life. I got a friend who's mean. That's okay. Someone's got to be friends with those people. They're they're mean. Totally. You have to accommodate them. They have mean moms. That's why they're like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can't help it. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. I. You know, you just bring all kinds of people into your life. And I don't just need people who are like communicating along these kind of rules of, you know, I don't know. There's just something about it that's almost like a religion to me that I, I think it's like, okay, yeah, you can believe in that. But there's so many people who don't know the rules of your religion that you right. won't be able to. Um, well, this book that Edie lent me when we were shooting the pool movie, um, what was it called? It was called like, um, it had the word consent in it, but I can't remember. About, it was like about dating and consent. And it was sort of like, the, I think the big point of the fr- at least the first couple pages of the book, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is the only part I, I read, read, I read them too. <laughs> was like, there's sort of <clears throat> level one of kind of sexual consent was like, this is the world that we're reacting to. Most people are reacting to, which was like a gray area world where like sex wasn't talked about. You don't ask things. You don't talk about things explicitly upfront about what you want. And then there was a reaction to that, which is I think the thing most of us have been taught, which is like when you sleep with someone, you have to be really clear about what you want. Yeah. You have to be really clear about what your needs are, what you're willing to do and not do. Yeah. And, <clears throat> And especially it's important for women to be really clear and upfront about what they, for both parties, but, but, but <clears throat> this author goes on to describe that essentially a world where we're being open and communicative and clear about what we want, a, a, a consent rich world is a world that actually puts burden, particularly on women to know what it is they want totally. about sex and sexual experiences before they happen in an 
unreasonable totally. unrealistic and unrealistic way. And conversely, she also makes the argument that you that like a, a precedent is set when a woman for instance she goes to say like if a woman at one point does want sex and, and she gives examples specifically of how later on that is assumed to be a kind of like consent given in the past or that like that that women expressing their desire can also put them in this double bind yeah you know it's funny that you bring that up because that was the next thing i was going to say is that uh, this the way this plays out also that's not even just people giving advice is like you know that feeling of when you tell someone a story that you mean to have be a funny story and they receive it as a sad thing and something bad has happened to you and they change the meaning of your life based on their extremely prescriptive ideas about the way a person should be living and how someone should feel it really bothers me and i could think specifically of i guess i could talk about this on the podcast a time that i had sex with someone who I didn't really want to have sex with them and they were like and sort of insistent that they wanted to and I was like okay fine and I told you this story and it was we were really laughing because <laughs> it was a funny story um, and then I told to someone else and they really gave me the like that's not you can't I was like yes I can and I did <laughs> yeah. had sex that I didn't want to have and it wasn't a big deal I yeah yeah which yeah, is not yeah. to discredit anybody's experience, obviously, but it's just like this crazy prescriptive idea about like the way human behavior should be mediated along the lines of like an ethical discourse. And like, I try to live that way, but I don't, when I see people like thinking that word is law, I'm like, you don't understand anything about what it's like being alive. Of course, we're never going to like be able to fully conform to this view of the universe. Yeah, it's true. But, you know, sometimes people come to you and they tell you something really like <coughs> crazy or traumatic and then they're laughing, you know, they think it's funny and then I think you do have to kind of like, you know, look at them to be like, okay, how does it, how is this person reacting to this? How can I mirror, right? Because you don't yeah, want to like, sure, sure. you don't want to totally miss, miss how they feel about something. Like, you know, I, I, like I've had people tell me like, really stressful things and be like no t taking it with humor and i'm like okay if this is how you react to it, this is how i'm gonna react but like i'm gonna i'm gonna give you the energy you're giving because i don't want to like this thing that's funny to you i don't want to turn it into a tragedy if, no. if, if it's and also you know sometimes i've had people tell me things and like be like i think it's funny it makes me laugh and it's like you don't no. <laughs> you're fucked up yeah, you, you have no up. clue that's, what's going on yeah. but that's that's and cool do you, too yeah. and that's its you know? own <laughs> fucked up whole thing yeah that cannot be yeah. prescribed yeah. yeah when i told felipe my dad committed suicide he went high five <laughs> nice <laughs> uh, big inheritance <laughs> exactly well it's funny because you were joking after your dad had died i know i made a lot of jokes about it and i was like i'm gonna laugh at these i mean you know yeah. that's like easier example right i would wouldn't be like no Sam stop joking yeah I'm not gonna do and that. Sam remains on a watch list to this day to see if he ever exhibits any kind of like oh I actually thought about it again and it's not funny yeah we, we would allow you to when you the, when you laughed the at the joke right after my dad died yeah it wasn't okay <laughs> yeah yeah well I would never do that to you Sarah give advice oh. Give me advice. No, yeah. never do no that. Felipe doesn't really. I don't, neither of you really. I I have called you guys and asked for advice before, and that's okay. Well, my sister, my sister does this thing where she, when I'm telling her a problem, she goes, "Do you want me to just listen, or do you want me to give advice?" Which I think is it's in this sort of consent, ex yes. ex explicit yeah. world. Sometimes it's nice, but sometimes I'm like, sometimes I do feel, and if she's listening, I mean, she, I, you know, hey, what's up? But um, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I kind of, it, I think about you, and I'm like, oh, sometimes I kind of want you to like kind of feel it out. Yeah, and which is hard for a person to, you know, because the person doesn't know because it can piss you off when you get the wrong thing. But sometimes it's also like, just kind of like talk to me until you kind of figure out what, what I, I want. want. <laughs> totally. Because yeah. so you can. Funny. You can. That's yeah. so funny. I was at the 
the bar the other night and I was talking to Peter Mills Weiss and I was in a really bad mood. I just quit drinking and um, I, but I drank at the bar. This was a few weeks ago and I was angry um, because I was like, I didn't want to do this and I'm only drinking because I'm bored. Um, and I was just like sort of inconsolably irritated and I was just sitting alone and he started talking to me and he was like, well, what's going on? Like, and I was like, I don't know. And he was like, well, what can we, what can I do? And I was like, I don't know. I need you to like, guess what it is. Like you need to figure it out. And he was like, I'm not a genius. And I was like, well, I don't know what to tell you. I just need you to figure it out. Well, it's also because it's not that you are, I mean, this yeah. how it's, it's not that you're being coy. It's not that you're trying to play a game. It's that you don't know. Yeah. And you're like, just talk to me until exactly. we figure it's it out like, together. But I'm not you sure. Need a ba- you need a back rub and you need yeah. me to play with your hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. most annoying thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was just funny because, and I absolutely love Peter, and I don't think that he's part of this prescriptive world, but he just kept being like, no, but you have to communicate like what you want, or I can't help you. And I was like, but I'm not going to. And so, you, but you can try to help me anyway, or we can, because I'm not following the rules of the way we have to be open and understand each other and this whole thing. So I don't know. So, you know, sometimes can't you show up and like, just do something really cool. Guess exactly how someone <laughs> yeah. feels without them having indicated it at all. Explain Does a magic trick. In her yeah. life, it's a magic trick, yeah. I think if, if someone's telling you a big problem and then you sort of listen very quietly, kind of like, you know, you look like a kind of sage and you mm-hmm. don't say much, that'll, that, you know, that's kind of a way to go sometimes. Yeah, you that's You just true. listen and you do a serious face and go, hmm. Being shy is one of the yeah. smartest tactical social strategies. Because <laughs> then people are like, this guy's brilliant. World. Yes. This guy's on someone. You can be anybody to yeah. anybody if you're shy. I think it's the trick is you you take a basketball and you spin it on your your fingers yeah. like that. And you say, watch this, watch this. And you spin the basketball and then they forget about the yeah. words. You go, wow. Because it's so cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> someone tells you a big problem and you go, that's crazy. Yeah. What? That's no, crazy. you go, come on, Sarah, let's just get up and dance. Yeah, loosen up. <laughs> yeah. That's what you should say. Yeah. Loosen up. Yeah, I just think it's crazy. It also bothers me, the advice giving thing, because like, if I'm explaining something that's happened in my life to someone, it's because I think like maybe this would be interesting to talk about. And so, and then you've always chosen the least interesting route, which is to like, give me some fucking didactic really ass bullshit, yeah. prescriptive right. shit that I don't need to hear totally. about like, oh, someone's out there for you or like some shit like that that I'm like, seriously? Like, I'm trying to like have a good time like yeah, why are you right you're being like right. it's so boring like why are you saying this to me like conversationally it sucks everything about it so yeah, it really blew my mind sorry if anyone listening uh was there and can guess <laughs> <laughs> you know have you ever like given some sometimes i have given advice and like, i'm gonna sort of like careful about giving advice this is so funny. This is a conversation we had like really early on in Raisin Man. This advice conversation. Yes, like, I, I know. Know. I was really, I can't remember. And I'm trying yeah. to like not yeah. say the same stuff I did then. Uh. And I'm like, is this? Anyways, but um, sometimes I am really like careful about giving someone advice. But sometimes I've given advice. I can think of a few people who then are like, oh, yeah, that's good advice. And then I'm like, whoa. You're gonna do that? <laughs> You're just gonna do that shit I just Whoa. said. Well, I feel like I would never give advice as like, here's what you should do. It's always just like, oh, well, this is something that I do sometimes. That's like what I yeah. And that to me is qualitatively different. And yeah. Yeah, meaningfully so. Or it, sometimes you can give the advice which is like when you have a really good friend who's just fucking up the same way again and again and again and you realize that they actually have no sense of like the repeat repeating pattern of their yeah. life, you can like um open the door well for that's the kind of person that's the kind of person i was describing was like this yeah. happened to me and i think it's funny and you're like no you're <laughs> you are deluding yourself mm. yeah have you guys ever made like an intervention style like act intervention in in a friend's life 
for their behavior. Yeah, yeah, like a you need to like stop doing this or something. <clears throat> I mean, I've had conversations with friends where I was like, "You're annoying me" or something. You know? Yeah, you're doing a I bad thing. I've had that too. But that's yeah. I don't know about like something as big as like getting all our friends together and sitting on a couch and yeah. waiting for them to come in and yeah. ambushing them with. <laughs> little pieces of paper that we wrote stuff on no i'm like too scared to do that i feel like because like it, there's always just this like shadow of doubt in your mind that's like or maybe i don't really know what you should do maybe right. you know better than i do yeah but carly says i always take felipe's advice don't know what else to do well it's something i mean as an example, someone sometimes i've given advice and i'll be like there's no way carly and she'll be like that's good advice and i'm like oh well can't believe it <laughs> You have to start an LLC and link it to an account in Florida and mm-hmm. you just put money in that LLC and it'll grow. And if you get a boat, you can call that a business. Exactly. And then you can you can put money through it and yep. have it written off. Yep. <clears throat> I tried I was looking into starting an LLC the other day. It's too hard. And in fact, it might be more expensive mm-hmm. to kind of set it up. Yeah as an animator or i don't know i mean maybe in the long run but i was just like am i about to do this i think we should at some point simple i mean a uh, reason man should do it some reason man should do it what if we became an llc i and and it simple town should start an llc and then the raisin man llc and the simple town llc can be friends whoa whoa <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah cool all right you want to do tweets of the week <laughs> you got tweets of the week <laughs> yep i gotta you run said around. How to fu- and they're thematically related <clears throat> i like this sarah you're like ready with you're ready with little topics yeah well i'm really good at doing this <laughs> um, you are so we've been doing this i was uh, real quick for years so we're th- <laughs> <laughs> i we're so i don't know if i think we're gonna do a live show right we kind of yeah, have a date yeah. mm-hmm. and i was thinking about the last reason man show was like during november of two years ago damn right am i wrong about that's this that's effed yeah two years we ago. did a skip a year we didn't do it during the pandemic yeah 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 mm-hmm. crazy right mm-hmm. I, I don't know what else to say about that just you know time passes you get older yeah. and you get really good at doing this podcast <laughs> we're, ma- we're masters at we're it. masters we're what's <laughs> up if you're just joining us it's wednesday december 1st you're listening to raisin manarina and sarah's about to do tweets of the um, week let's do tweets of the week if you follow me on twitter and we're gonna put in a theme song right here you know i i say if i see a tweet on twitter i reply and say lol i love this um and this is one I, that I like. So Andy Richter tweeted. <laughs> like Andy Richter is our tweet of the week. Uh, no, Andy Richter tweeted, I think most of the conspiracy addicted people out there are driven by an immature self-regard. So, okay, so this really, I brought this up earlier because it relates to what we were talking about earlier. By an immature self-regard, they think they deserve better than reality. They think they're entitled to a much more exciting world than the actual one. And it is also one in which they are the smart and right. Okay. Andy Richter, go go wash your ass. And then Mike Candell RT'd and he said, I think they are driven by a desire to explain how powerful people lie and do evil without consequence. Andy, let's connect. I'm a very good SAT tutor. I just really like this tweet because it's just so like Mike Candell's tweet. That's a dunk. Because he, he dunked. Because he dunked. And because Andy Richter's saying this, this is like the really dystopic part to me. They think they deserve better than reality. That people who are like agitating for any kind of difference in the world or like want the world to be seen differently, like that they they can't. Because st- this is like Fahrenheit 451, like insane 1984 bullshit. Yeah. Like this is reality. 
that you need to live in reality grow up <laughs> it has to be yeah. like this yeah it really is it blows my mind and he and Andy Richter sits on the couch of some late night show as Conan used to. He doesn't even sit on the couch anymore. Uh, Conan doesn't have a late a, night show anymore, doesn't he? He's a podcast. He, do, he doesn't. He's Team Coco. He has a podcast. Oh, I'm out of Wait, the loop. It was today years old when he heard that Conan's show. So on he's TV not on TV. Scott. I guess you're it's right. It's ended. Yeah, he's not on. So then, you and what the fuck is Andy Richter doing? He's telling me about conspiracy theories. Yeah, an immature self-regard. And then he has this immature self-regard. It really... So that's the runner-up to Tweet of the Week. And the winner is one... Can I read this one that you sent me? That you Oh, yeah, like? beautiful tweet. It's a beautiful tweet. I don't know this person. Their Twitter handle is... Turf Rhetoric. <laughs> yep, that's... <laughs> Thank God. It's not, I thought it was going to be some slur or something. No, that is bad. I mean, that is bad. Turf Rhetoric? Do you know what a turf is? Yeah, I know what a turf is, but oh, okay. like they're obviously being ironic or something. They're not. Yeah, right? yeah, or, I or, guess so. I don't know. Maybe they're not. I don't know. I don't know. Turf Rhetoric. Okay. Uh, well, I don't endorse this person. I've just endorsed the tweet. <laughs> um, <laughs> the tweet is daily affirmations. You are God. 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 And it goes on until the characters run out. Um, Isn't that a beautiful tweet? It is funny. Yeah. It's kind of. I think it's it's kind of profound. You getting sad about it, Sam? Yeah. yeah don't get sad. No, I don't know sad. what to say about it. I think it's funny. I think it's a funny tweet. It's you, and it's a. Uh, it's a good example of a character tweet where the person's tweeting not as themselves but as a different person so yeah. saying that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. I've been I've been too much on online lately. I gotta. Oh yeah. I gotta just check in with my life with the world. I gotta get Christmas gifts. I'm so stressed <laughs> out about this. I Christmas. Oh man, I'm so stressed out about it. So we'll do the top ten raisin man gift ideas. <sighs> I was. I just don't. We got and we got a Secret Santa coming up. And we got Secret Santa coming. Up. Do you, who do you have? Don't tell me. Yeah. Do you? Do you, can you tell me? Um, I think this person listens to the podcast. Oh God. So well, I it's our, really it's our friend, so it figures. Friend. So it figures. Yeah. Flippy thinks turf is a slur. See, this is what. I, yeah, that, right. Yeah, you're right. That's confusing uh, to me. No, I was like, I wait, no, up. no, no. Well, I was like looking at this handle and I thought, is this is this something bad? I don't know what the person's <laughs> getting at with the handle. Well, because if they they're endorse? acknowledging that that it's turf, then right, right. they wouldn't be actually a proponent of it. I understand. But I understand that you're like a level 100 irony on the internet. <laughs> so so like like this you person. understand things I don't understand about the flipping between it's good, it's bad, it's good, it's bad, it's evil, it's, it's good, it's evil, it's good. Uh, who knows where that lands? I don't know, know where it lands either. Me, but yeah. uh, on its face, turf rhetoric is uh, fine. It's fine. <laughs> That's we giving it this, the Razor Man <laughs> guarantee that it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. You can't. You just can't say turf with a soft F. That's right. Make me laugh. Felipe thinks turf is soft. Yeah, because Felipe, Felipe's a feminist, and I'm a, yeah. I'm kind of on the second wave. Yeah, I'm on the second wave. Didn't, the third wave didn't come around for me. Okay. What about vapor wave? Feminism? Oh my god, <laughs> that is epic. <laughs> that is the most epic thing I've ever heard. I'm on vapor wave feminism. Yeah, folks. that's pretty good. Can we go back to that material? What if the ballot was a piece of wood? Um, I like the little jokes. Thanks. Thanks. I was talking to Drew Marshall from Maternal Family yesterday, and I told you guys this that. 
he was like, oh, he's listened to Razor Man before. Eternal Family is a streaming platform for experimental content. If you're just joining us, this is Razor Man Arena. It's December 1st. Eternal Family is a streaming platform <laughs> for what content? Experimental. That's right, experimental uh, content. And we, I had a funny conversation with him about the choosing of what words to describe the content and like not choosing to call it weird. Sure. <laughs> like things like random. That. Random um, as yeah, hell. It's random as This is the, the kind of content you see. And you go, WTF did I just watch? Yeah, which is funny. But I was talking to him and he was saying he's listened to Razor Man before and that it's nice because it's like, captures this moment in this scene in new york and uh mm, that's right we capture thinking, a moment in the scene all episode that's long right. i've just been like going off about extremely minor um <laughs> transgressions you will commit in my personal life <laughs> and haven't spoken about anything about you're just picking fights world. i'm just picking fights with people who sometimes listen to the podcast who made me angry well honestly <laughs> you know i mean i uh, you know the pod- i was thinking you don't want to you know when scientists they observe a little particle and then the particle starts acting differently mm-hmm. and i was like i hope him saying that thing isn't gonna make us do you know we just do what yeah. we do i was talking to cole about the podcast and he he listens to the podcast everyone hey, and he's cole? like my brother i said hey cole oh hey cole hey cole and he was saying how it he really enjoys how much we and particularly felipe and sometimes sarah get like wrapped around the axle or about beginning worried about saying stuff <laughs> about things that are like the m- small like the stakes could not be lower yeah. you know well, invi- i know well, paul doesn't care if i live or I die so I, exactly, low, but I, but exactly, yeah. exactly i almost almost every episode i leave feeling like some sort of anguish about something absolutely I said that that, absolutely. that like eats at me <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah anguish <laughs> yeah angoisse oh my gosh and then uh, as time has gone i've been able to come to myself a little more where i've been like okay we've been doing this for like gonna be a year and a half soon oh, it's, gonna be, it's gonna be two i don't know <laughs> i don't know because we took a break i honestly can't remember uh, i can't who knows i can't remember um we've been doing this for a long time and nothing bad has ever happened unless there's stuff swirling in the kind of vortex of like things i don't hear that other people are saying about me well unless it's happening there in which case like i guess i don't know uh, i don't know uh, nothing to, bad has happened i don't know how to like sort of tell this without like being abstract but there is a frustration i've sort of aired on the on reason man in kind of in jest and then i saw a person who was connected to this frustration and the way they reacted to something I said made me think oh, they've yeah. heard me be salty about this. Thing. Yeah. I, Whoa. but you know, I wish I could see, this is me not saying what it is. Right. But like, I wish I could describe <laughs> yeah. what it is. Cause I also could just be like being neurotic about it. Like maybe this person didn't, but it made me think, Oh, you know, if, if someone was frustrated about something I said, I wouldn't find out about it. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's true. I think I, I don't know. People really like, if they can to mitigate their bad feeling. Like I think if most people I know heard me say something that they thought was about them, they would at some point send me either a text or like jokingly in real life, make some mention of the fact that I had been shitting on them behind their back or something. Wait, so and recording a, it. Has somebody, has, somebody has, has somebody told you that they <laughs> thought you were shitting on them? No, I guess I've like, when I, cause all my standup comedy is about people in my life. That's and I have right. had people afterwards be like, Oh, I felt, um, roasted in a in a nice way or something where they're like they're like don't really know what to like make of it or something but it's like they have to say something because they don't just want to like feel some sort of unresolved feeling yeah if i listen to a podcast i thought someone was talking about me uh and they were my friend i would i wouldn't not say anything ever (laughs) you gotta say something you gotta say something you gotta say something at Um, some point fuck there was something that i wanted to say but that please i can't remember what it was damn 
Fuck. What were you just talking about? <laughs> just saying that. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the closest that we get wrapped around the axle. No, I mean that's my word. I like sure. that word. summarizing what he was trying to describe. But I was telling him that I was like, oh yeah, Sarah and Felipe, like we're always taking stuff out of the podcast. Like we're always recording and then like cutting stuff out. Yeah. And we were Cole and I were like laughing about that because it's like. You know, this is a podcast for us and our friends and, sure. and like, you know, 17 sure. people listen to it or whatever. Yeah. But it's kind of, to me, it's a little like, you know, it's the, the molecules are the same as the whole macroorganism. Totally. So I have to like keep my podcast <laughs> ideologically pure and clean yes. <laughs> so that my whole universe will be. I remember what I wanted to say. Um, <clears throat> I keep thinking of this aphorism by this poet I like, Mark Leidner, I've talked about on the podcast before, that this probably isn't exactly right, but he's got this aphorism that's something like, um, the poet doesn't start writing a poem, they abandon their life. Like, instead of, you know, instead of thinking of like, oh, I sit down and I start writing this poem, it's like, no, it's a decision to like, uh, walk away from your life is to like start writing Is that what we do when we do Reason Man? Uh, that's We how, abandon our lives? Yeah, a little bit, because I feel like it's kind of like, I was just thinking how I would defend myself against kind of going off against people who are giving me advice if they were like, hey, why did you do that? I would be like, well, I have to be allowed to step right. away from the circumstances of my actual interaction. I didn't really want to say that stuff. I don't want to work anything out with you about this, but I do want to have an ability to go off about it. Uh, and I should be allowed to. And then I was thinking, like, why should you be allowed to? Like, why shouldn't you just mitigate the effects of that in your life? But I don't know. Sam, you've never felt like something you said. You were like, uh. I don't. I can only remember one time where some, it surprised me that someone had listened to the podcast. That's right. Yes. We've talked about but this. that shouldn't have surprised you at all. <laughs> well, I, yes. Yes. I was dating someone and then and they went to listen to the podcast once and they like found the episode where I described us having sex for the first time <laughs> and it being weird and strange yes. and funny. And, you know, they ended up being like, it, it was, it's a, it was a funny episode and I enjoyed listening to your perspective on it. Mm. So I sort of felt vindicated that like, oh, you know, you tell the truth and you're an open book and people kind of respond to it and it's good content and people respond to it like, um, with compassion or whatever, you know. That's true. That's funny. I do feel a little like... <clears throat> Maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like I can be kind of a little bit mean to people who are in my life. And I, I like to think that people appreciate it because if you just say the actual thing that you think, then people don't have to fear the things that you're not saying that you think. They just know right. what it is. That's, well, what I think. I don't know. that's what I think. Or like, I don't know, because that's the form my anxiety takes is worrying that someone's not saying something to me that they need to say. So when I know the thing that they need to say, I don't feel so bad. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are both ugly. <laughs> that's what i think yeah you guys are both ugly no i've yeah i yeah i don't know it's it's the eternal i don't know it's so hard for me to know like what it's so abstract that's why that's what mm. my frustration about you know doing a podcast like i don't really know what how people react every once in a while someone will say that they listen to it but it's just like you put it out and then it's like yeah a couple of people listen and i'm like is this having i don't know you just don't know you don't know what it's doing. I remember when we read that Apple, uh, like comment on the Apple podcasting app that was like, oh, these yeah. people are too concerned and self like self absorbed yeah. and concerned with what they're saying the whole time. And they're really, well, that's like, not exactly what they said, which is <clears throat> telling that you're, but that's fine. Oh, or 
They said they cared too much about what people think. They mm. cared too much about what people think. And I remember it sort of, it was like an arrow shot. Yes. That went straight into the heart of all our insecurities. Yeah. Mm. That's funny. Me and Felipe have been talking about narcissism. That's a big Oh my theme God. Of the week. Yeah. I, I mean, now we got 15 more minutes. You got to tell me about, have you heard about this book, Sam? The Selfishness of Others? No. You heard about this book? Uh, Tell me a, about it. It's a, a, a long essay that's so long that they printed it out into a book, which they don't always do. They don't do. always do that. Sometimes, Sometimes they keep they an do. essay, but this time they said, they give, put, put, a, a cover put a cover on it, it. and bind it. Yeah, yeah, so it's an essay. It came out in like 2016 or something. And it's one of those things that like, uh, it's called The Selfishness of Others, uh, The Fear of Narcissism or something like that. I don't know. I, you read yeah, it. I read it. But the, the, the two, there's like two names with a colon and the Y, they're two different ones. I don't really Just understand. keep the one name. Don't um, do the two names with a colon. Yeah. You know? Be good with the one. And it's by Kristen Dombeck. And I picked it up because I just like, I think about narcissism a lot and yeah. like the fear of it and how I do fear other people being narcissists or myself. And uh, on the back of it, I flipped it over and the people who had reviewed it that liked it were Mark Grief, who's the N plus one editor and um, Alif <coughs> Botman, who wrote The Idiot, who's like kind of an intellectual mm. fiction writer. And uh, that to me, I keep saying this when I describe the book to people and everyone kind of looks at me like, well, why is that of any relevance? That to me situates like exactly totally. what this book is and who likes it. And it's like, oh, this is like for me sort of aspirationally i don't really consider myself to be part of the m plus one um <laughs> scene as much as i have like wanted to go to their uh magazine their parties, parties yes <laughs> and you can if you're a subscriber which and you is can exciting. really yeah oh, i think damn. so yeah and, and when you, i meet an m plus one data tortellini <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Could. There's something about the the world of M plus one where I'm like, oh, that's me in another life. If only I could have gone down that road, maybe I'd be happier. Um. Anyway, I was reading this book, and it starts out. It's about um. It paints this picture of like the rise of narcissism in the modern era, about how millennials are the mar- most narcissistic generation ever, and like you can see it on the MTV show My Super Sweet Sixteen, and like being self-involved is no longer like a marginalized culture. That's like the mainstream, and like everyone is replicating and celebrating being as narcissistic as possible. And it was kind of crazy because it's this long opening. Uh, section and I was like really they're just gonna say all this like shit that is just sort of assumptions and feelings people have about the world that are like totally unmitigated by I don't know historical or scientific information but that's then set up that's the setup yeah that's the setup the second chapter is like just kidding that's not all we don't think I don't think that for sure um, <laughs> and, cool and so yeah. what does it think? I would love I would love you when you describe that to me I was like I gotta read this book because I love a book where they say a whole thing in the first chapter and then they go never mind yeah or they <laughs> go, psych. Psych. psych yeah, yeah I think that's a beautiful way yeah. to write a book and they really got me like I didn't think oh they're just doing this is a device I was like what what they can't say this yeah, it's can't like, this is this. not what i signed up for yeah <laughs> it's like this is i literally when you described it to me i literally imagine that the first line of chapter two is just kidding <laughs> <laughs> well can i ask can i ask the idiot's question and, and say or ask what does it then go on to say ah uh, so then it goes on the to idiots like, the, the idiots gamble <laughs> yeah <laughs> the idiot's gamble. um it explores like the culture, the fear of narcissism, like throughout history. Like when was it first introduced into the DSM? Like who were the early psychologists who wrote about it? Like Freud, and it has this kind of interesting angle on the history of it, where like um, I can't remember the names of all the early psychologists who were writing about what narcissism was, but Freud was one of them. And um, they found this like interesting pattern that the biographers who wrote about all of these people would discover that their books about narcissism were like such clear projections of them experiencing rejection in their life 
life from some romantic relationship. Oof. Yeah, and, uh, you, don't, you, don't want, you don't want your biographer <laughs> coming up with that one. No. You don't want the biographer Damn. uncovering that yeah, one. Yeah, that's true. You got to bury yeah. that. You yeah. have to evidence yeah, that is, long before you're dead. That is humiliating. Yeah, that was that. Or it was even there was a, uh, a psychologist who it turned out that he was writing about this patient who was narcissistic and how he successfully treated that patient. And then it turned out that there was no such patient. He was writing about himself. He was a narcissist. And it was just his way that he had dealt with trying to not be a narcissist anymore. So like one way or another, it was always like people projecting from their just own personal experience into this early idea of like what narcissism is. Um, And then it kind of goes on to like now in modern cultural criticism, uh, everything is built on that this uh, idea of what the narcissist is but it's not even a clear idea because it's so ephemeral that it's like is it is a narcissist someone who's full of themselves or is it someone who's like so empty that they're desperate for the approval of others and all they care about is what other people think about them like it's totally unclear but there's a huge community on the internet of people who are obsessed with narcissism like the children of narcissism forums or uh, people whose children are narcissists uh, people who are addicted to falling in love with narcissists and it just gets thrown around as this kind of like boogeyman of like an evil person in your life um, who either has a personality disorder or is mentally ill in some way um, but that you have decided like they are a narcissist and like everything they do is a symptom of that behavior Um, and it kind of just comes to I I actually haven't read the last chapter so I hope that it's not like just kidding on all those other chapters (laughs) (laughs) never mind but there's this idea that like what the the fear of narcissism reflects more like a want that we have towards the world that's like being unfulfilled like that uh uh, narcissists are usually described as being someone who like turns away from you at some point. You think you're in love with them, you think they care about you, and then they just suddenly decide to like totally disengage. And um, that speaks to like people's feeling some kind of pain that they're just not receiving what they want from other people in the world. And so they're labeling that person as a narcissist to make sense of, oh, they don't love me because they're self-absorbed. Um, and it's not exactly as simple as that. There's like all these different versions of narcissism, the corporate narcissism or philanthropic narcissism, but they all relate to... Um, a projected fear that other people have about human behavior outside of themselves. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, I kind of, I kind of vibe with that because I'm like, I do think this, like, the narcissism word gets thrown around a lot. Um, it does in kind of, yeah. kind of like unempirical or unscientific ways. Um, I guess this is so corny to even bring up, but like Anacachian's like pinned tweet for however long has been like, you're, you're a a garden variety millennial narcissist. (laughs) And I find that kind of an encapsulation of the things that I find sort of that I don't like about her, but it's like, Oh, this is, this is like a kind of, this is kind of like easy, easy cultural, sort of a cultural diagnosis. Like I don't, I don't, I think it's like a little more complicated than that. Right. I don't think that just calling, because calling someone a narcissist is like a good way also to write them off. However, there are, I don't know, you watch like, I, maybe this is kind of lame or something, but I see Trump on TV and I'm like, this dude really is like, only talks about himself. And I'm that's like, so that's, the, I think there are people who are like, kind of, I don't know, they're weird. They get weird with it. And I'm like, you're weird with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, is there is something yeah. that exists that's like, there are people who are like on, on another level, but maybe that's not the point the book's trying to make. Yeah, no, it's a good question. I had the same thought. And it's funny that you bring up Trump because I had this conversation. I met up with some friends who I think are really smart, like some of them smarter than me specifically, who I'm like, oh, if they disagree with something I say, then I'm going to change my opinion <laughs> with whatever they think because they know better. And they, they were specifically brought up Trump and they were like, he's not a narcissist. He's just some dumb guy. Okay. Yeah. And so, but I've always thought that Trump is a, is a narcissist because he does seem 
particularly self-absorbed. But I mean, maybe it's just that politicians are narcissists. I don't know. It's a confusing thing because there's like this idea of the medical diagnosis of like having a personality disorder, which is another interesting point in the book is like a personality disorder is when the individual culture differentiates or um, diverges too far from the dominant culture. But if we live in a narcissistic culture, the narcissists aren't actually disordered. They're just normal. Um, But that's kind of... Yeah, I, I can only think of it, I, I don't think I would have the confidence really to label anyone else as that, and I agree, it's sort of too, it's it's too unempirical a term. I always just think of like the person staring at the reflection in the, yeah, the little lake. Yeah, but narcissist, I, yeah. I do feel like, I, I do recognize like what I would describe as narcissistic tendencies within myself that I like try and check Mm. um, that I do think are like ugly things to feel or think or when I think about like looking in the mirror too much or thinking about my thinking about myself too much looking at who's who's liked my tweets like all the time things like that I'm like these are these are like habitual bad dark tendencies that are not good for like my spirit or soul. And I should be thinking about something else that's like outside of me. I think that there's, I think there's truth to that. And especially if you feel like it makes you happier to be connected to other people. But also I'm like, there is a, is that called narcissism, right? For instance, like if, if your material success is linked to something like social media, right? If like social media is indirectly a way that you make money or that you like, Get, distribute your work or something is is being really concerned with that narcissism or are those are you sort of structurally then forced to be like that you that's know? funny is that that makes me think of um it's like i'm on instagram and i post i'd say i post a lot post a lot of stories um and i'm on there all the time and i do think of it as being like linked specifically to being a comedian and like I'm posting shit that has nothing to do with comedy, but only so that when I post my promos, people will watch them. Cause you know, if you only post promos, yeah. no one watches your story. So you got to post all this other stuff. And then you begin living this posting life where like, it's not even about, Oh, I need to post today to do this algorithmic, whatever. It's like, Oh no, I, I feel like posting. I want to post. Like I like posting. I have an idea for posts. Like, and then I, that's where I, how but I that's, feel right now. But, but what I was going to say is that I sometimes then will see people I know who are, not pursuing any kind of career that has anything to do with social media. They're just on there posting a lot. And I'm like, oh my God, like what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, what are you doing? This is you or something. Um, which is so unfair because it's like, oh no, I'm doing the same thing on the way. I just have this sort of goal that I'm like, oh no, I'm doing it for a reason. But also everybody now sells some kind of art on uh, the internet. So everybody's everyone's got a artists. hustle. Yeah. And if you don't, you should you so should. that you have a reason to post. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I think of it really just as like I I totally get that you can sort of weasel your way into an excuse about why you need to do bad <laughs> things, but uh, no, I, I'm, a I'm thousand sorry. percent. You can. Yeah. yeah, I just You're, I do. You, feel you better not try to roast me. I'll come right back with a joust. <laughs> I do feel personally that there are things that are like bad for the soul, bad for my soul. Yeah, and if I do it too much, I'm like it makes me unhappy. And it brings out bad things in me. And so I got to fight those evil forces in my life. Yeah. One, two. Sorry. The fucking mic sometimes. That like, is that true narcissism? Or there's a difference between pathologizing other people in your life or making, right? There's a difference between that 
or patholo- pathologizing culture or making de- yeah. de- declarative yeah. statements about culture. And there's a difference between that and wanting to be a certain way. I think wanting to be a certain way is good. You know, self-knowledge, like wanting yeah. to mm-hmm. live up to sort of an expectation of what you could be like or knowing what makes you happy. But but then pathologizing is sort of a separate thing. And in fact, that the pathologizing is, is more about what we want from ourselves, right? I call you a narcissist because I'm afraid that maybe I am more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like... Mm-hmm. And if you can acknowledge that, then you can do something with that. That's better than me just being like, you're a narcissist. Yeah, it's funny. I think the reason it, it hit me so hard was that there are people in my life who've hurt me who I think of either as being narcissists or as having narcissistic it's tendencies. True. And then um, when I thought, when suddenly it hit me that that was just me being self-serving from my own narrative and that they weren't actually narcissists. Right, you're just mad because you can't get in the club. Yeah, <laughs> that it made me upset. I was like, oh fuck, I'm like out here totally in the cold, like nothing to protect me from the elements. Like I don't have my little story anymore. Um, oh, and I felt just totally stripped The essay denuded like, you. Yes, yeah, it was fucked. Well, and it made me like want to cry a little bit where I was like, no, no, but I want to call this person a narcissist. Well, also, also what's frustrating about calling people narcissists is that the, that comes from like a kind of, a kind of uh, psych, like a psychologizing that sometimes it's like really easy to roast someone to be like, oh, you're insecure because you're self-involved or you're like this because you're this, you know, it's that sort of psych, it's that sort of like almost like Freudian, like, you know, there's a thing I can see about you that you can't see about yourself and it's embarrassing. Like, mm. And I think sometimes people kind of wield that yes. in, in, in like bad ways, you know, where it's like, oh, you're just being like this because you're like, empty or whatever you're just yeah. doing this and it's like oh no I, th- I think you're just trying to roast that person and like take away take away the agency to like define their own life and to like be uncharitable about th- you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. yeah hmm hmm like you're just eating this 12 egg omelet because you're hungry and i <laughs> <Yeah>. go yes <laughs> yeah you're yeah. right <laughs> just having some eggies just having some eggies yesterday will was like don't oh. have eggs if it's not breakfast time don't have little eggies and i can't i can't follow by that rule because sometimes i need a cheesy buttery 12 egg omelet (laughs) (laughs) 12 egg omelet um did you guys eat anything good for thanksgiving just want to wrap it up you know with some some holiday cheer or did you buy anything cool for cyber monday no No. i forgot no Um, sarah tynan Director, Brooklyn-based director in the scene, Dinan Dong. <laughs> you hear that, Drew? Yeah. <laughs> Our fingers on the pulse, eternal family. Um, uh, Tynan came over for my Thanksgiving, and he made he made the best. He made a really good pie. So shout out to Tynan, who I think does not listen to the podcast. Also shout out to Drew, who I think is is cool and nice. Yeah, did you speak to him over Zoom? Over Zoom. Wow, yep. cool. So you know like what he looks like. Yes. Stuff. You know what? I honestly felt stressed. I hope that this doesn't offend anybody who's from Canada. That like as an American, I do feel like an American centrist. Like I'm I think America's the center of the world. That's all I think about. I barely think of other countries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so to speak to someone who lives in Canada where I'm like, okay, I know you guys are similar to America and I know that you're close by. Right. But like I don't are you so is there anything I should know about what's going on over there? Yeah, <laughs> like- yeah. No lie. When I, I remember being in high school, my mom and I driving to Canada and the experience was like going over Vermont and it was like, like no one lives. It's like, it's like 
mountains and forests and you i was just like wow we're at the edge of the world here yeah <laughs> you cross the border and you get into canada and because everyone lives within like 50 miles of the border you cross over the border and it's like farms and towns yes. and then you're getting to a city and i was like what God, there's it's, a whole nother country like up here yes, mind-blowing. <laughs> i know i oh know I, I it blew my mind that whole, there was like a whole nother country whole kingdom whole other <laughs> king totally. i don't know and I don't, know I don't know what's weirder. It's a whole other country where they also speak English because that's pretty crazy. That's it's like, crazy. You're yeah. speaking English and it's a di- and there's different signs on the road that say kilometer, right? Because they yeah. have kilometers yes. or do they have miles? They have different TV shows. Or is it weirder that there's another country where they speak French? That's on our same continent. That is weird too, they speak yeah. French. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's insane. so weird. I, the only interaction I've ever had with Canada is if you go to um, Detroit, you can stand at certain points in the city and you can look over and up into Canada. And... Um, I have seen it, and it was an uncanny valley. I was like, it looks exactly like America. And there was a and there was a woman that looked <laughs> almost <laughs> like you, looking back, but she's Very like freaky. slightly different. And I looked out and I said, I've seen all I need to see. I need to turn my back on. She this. was like, I'm in the N plus one scene. Yeah, she, she took the, the different path. Yeah, <laughs> crazy, but it's funny because Sarah Hennessy's Canadian was also at my Thanksgiving, and and she was just talking about the like uh, journey to come to the United States and to get the visa. That's the Alien of Extraordinary Ability visa. I love that name love extraordinary that name. ability alien you're wow. from wow. outer space you're in, yeah but because you have such extraordinary abilities we've allowed you to <laughs> yeah. come exactly. you're right that is <laughs> unbelievably beautiful phrase and so strange um and it just it was very upsetting to hear about because i was it was basically like as a canadian comedian you got to be out there like being the best comedian in canada so that you can move to the united states and then start from start scratch, from fucking scratch basically no, yeah. it's just total bullshit uh, yeah and it really made me upset but then i had to go back to thinking about america so i let it go <laughs> <laughs> you forgot about it yeah yeah i remember Same. i remember getting when i was in quebec i remember getting really into like quebec. french french uh what do you call it french canadian stand-up comedians and i was like damn like there was such a low ceiling for you <laughs> you can only you perform in this Hennessy. province. No, oh. for French Canadians. Oh, because they spoke oh. French. They were speaking they French. Speak right. French. No, no, no. There's plenty oh. of Canadian comedians who like you know come here Mike and make Myers. it big. Yeah, Mike Myers, Jim Seth Perry, Rogan, Drake, Seth Rogan, Wait, Seth Drake. Justin Rogan's Bieber. Canadian, right? Yes, that blow your mind. He seems so American. He seems so American, and now he's Wild. making those little like weed trays. I mean, that guy's <laughs> really expanding. Yeah. But but with French Canadians, like you can't even go to France because they don't like you over there. They they can't understand the French you speak. You can only perform in this little province. In province. Just and in a prov not even a state, right? Because if you're it's like I can perform around the state. Okay, I can understand that. I can only perform around the province? What is this? But then like, you're like the king of that province though. Yeah. And you're like a little a jester. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a feudal lord. Yeah. Exactly. You're a feudal lord of the province. Exactly. Of hmm. the Canton. Yeah. Miguel. Well, huh? I was just thinking about my You brother said Miguel? Went, Miguel. Miguel. A guy named Miguel? No. I said Miguel. Uh, Miguel. What yeah, about Miguel? My sister Miguel. went to Miguel. I'm pissed at you now. It's going to be a fight after the podcast. Wait, uh, what about I was it? thinking that earlier that we should do a prize. If you can ever guess um, the moment that something gets said that's like too much, that's yeah. going to become a real fight. Uh, you send that in or share the, what you think and you'll win a prize. Yeah. yeah. I'll go on a date with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That that's a good idea. What were you gonna say? Say I, it. I was coward. I know. I can't. It was just about Miguel, the 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 
school. What about it? <laughs> I don't really What's know. I was just, it struck me as it's, it's like a funny where I grew up. It's like a school that like was known about that kids would, yes. would want to go to. Yes. And it's like yes. in another country and yes. it's like strange but that you'd want to go there. Yes, yeah. it is strange. <laughs> yeah, I can get over it that, yeah, that Canada exists. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. And to think that our ancestors came to the United States. Oh, not you came. Not mine. You chose to come. I'm my own ancestor. Yeah. I was the one who came here. Yeah. My I, ancestors went to that Argentina. Yeah. Which was kind of cool. Kind of like, yeah, back yeah. I mean, back then it was. That was the golden age. That was the golden era of Argentina. What was then? What was that? Turn of the century. Turn of the century. Yeah. Mm. But then, you know, the country was... Uh, the best time to be a stand-up comedian in Argentina. Mm-hmm. That's when people from other, from Uruguay were going to Argentina. Damn. You know, people still do. <laughs> there are people, you know, there are people who, you know, and you, if you live in Uruguay, like, I think, going to Argentina is kind of the big time. Mm. Hmm. I could be wrong about that. I'm almost certain that's the case. It's funny to go. Okay, we got a comment. We got okay, a comment oh, from Canadian Alex Laird. Really? Alex is, Alex is Canadian, right? Alex, you're Canadian. I didn't know um, that. My ancestors are British royalists and moved away from America to Canada during the Revolutionary wow, War. Wow, <laughs> and, and now you're making little cartoons. What, would they have? I just got my American citizenship. Nice. Oh my gosh, how did you do it? Happy, happy are you an extraordinary Alex. alien? Yeah, are you an extraordinary alien? That's what if cool. What if they had asked you, have you or anyone in your family ever conspired against America? <laughs> and then you would have to say yes because yeah. your ancestors were royalists. Uh, Alex says, no, I'm just ordinary. That's funny. He submitted a copy of Sleemore Gank to the immigration board and he said, this is extraordinary. Is that That's Alex? Comic. New comic book. Yeah, yeah. I said this is incredible. <laughs> you I, can live in the United I've States. I've said this before, but when I applied for my citizenship, they asked me two questions that I thought were funny. One of them was if I had ever been part of a, the Communist Party. <laughs> you, know? you were like thirteen. Uh-huh. <laughs> How old were you? I was uh, like seventeen oh, or eighteen. Right. You were no, like, I was eighteen. It's cringe to be a part of yeah. TSA. <laughs> yeah. TSA <laughs> 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 uh, cringe. Funny. Suck dems. <laughs> um, and then they asked me if I was a habitual drunkard. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You, just, you can tell they never That's took that awesome. one out of the test. Awesome. <laughs> because too many got in. Yeah, too and many they, habitual drunkards. Yeah. And what if I was a habitual drunkard? <laughs> There's a, probably a, a limit. There's a number. Number of drinks. Yeah. How many drinks? No, per I mean a number of drunkards they let in every. Year. That's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Alex is my favorite. Uh, was being asked if I was part of a terrorist death squad. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, wow, that's Alex, sick. that's so funny that you just got your citizenship. That's Congrats. crazy. Yeah, so I just want to dedicate this episode to um, immigrants, Canadian immigrants, on their journey because people don't talk about it. It's true, they don't. Or maybe they're talking and we're not listening, and, but not not anymore. Not that those days are over. Yeah. We're about to start listening. Uh, yeah, I remember... Uh, one quick final anecdote about Canada is whenever we crossed the border with my dad, my dad really liked Canada. Um, so we'd go there often and he always liked to chat with the border person. Like he loved like just being a guy who, who chatted with the border person (laughs) and like really talking it up. Yeah. And I remember, and we have family. Got, got in, a bunch of weed back in, in there. Just Canada. kidding. <laughs> Anyways, how you doing? <laughs> we have some family in Canada. And and so we, we crossed, this is over in, in Lethbridge. So that we crossed, this is like where Man- Montana and Canada meet. So that part of the country. And so we coming back and he, we were like, 
and dad, my dad was like, yeah, uh, back to the U.S., like, back to Trump country. Like, hey, can we trade our president with yours? You know, because he was like, my dad was sort of assuming, he was like, oh, people must be liberal. hate Trump. Yeah. Yeah. And the border guy was like, we'll take him. Like, he liked Trump. Oh. And it was this funny Your thing. Your dad got owned. Funny. I know, I know. That's where my dad funny. was sort of assuming that Canadians are like sweet, gentle liberals. Yeah. And, no. and they're like, Absolutely but there's not. like a strong, virulent Canadian right wing. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. And of course, they're being border cops. Of yeah. course. You yeah. picked the wrong guy. Yeah, that's so funny. You picked the wrong guy. I want to share my final anecdote which is that i was um it's my friend jack's birthday happy birthday jack la violette and i was at his birthday party and uh, there was european people there from italy and one of them was talking about traveling and having sort of like a list of places of like oh i'd love to go to bogota oh you have to come to milan like this long list of stuff that i was like i really don't even think about i do not have a list of like oh i gotta get to that city before i die or something there's just so many places in the world and they all seem so random that doesn't make any sense to me i'm like yeah (laughs) just fucking random it's too fucking random yeah, I might go try to go to Canada, but it's random. Yeah, Europeans yeah. get the taste for traveling because they can kind of do that a lot. For yeah. us, it's like, why would you want to? I just went to Chicago. I liked it. That's all nice. I need. No, all just right. kidding. I've, tra- I've traveled. I like to travel. <laughs> Have a great morning, everybody. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Raisin Man Arena. <laughs>